This is Continuous Testing Live. My name is Noel Wurst, I'm your host, and this program is brought to you by Tricentis. For those of you who subscribe to the show or who have listened to some of our previous episodes, you've heard this before, but for those of you who are new to the program and are asking what in the world is Continuous Testing Live, I'll tell you. This program is our chance to sit down with some of the brightest minds and biggest influencers in the software testing and quality engineering communities, and to ask them for their thoughts on all that we at Tricentis believe goes into continuous testing. Whether it's test automation, agile, DevOps, the necessary cultural changes, continuous integration, there's so much that we and our audience can learn from the incredible guests that we're honored to have on this show. One such individual, Gene Schmidt, is our guest this week. Jean and I met at Star, we- Star East, and I attended her session, How Manual Testers Can Thrive in an Automation World. The debates and discussions around test automation have been going on for years and really show no signs of slowing down, but today there are also a number of people, like Jean, who are speaking at conferences like Star to offer some really great perspective on how the only thing to fear about automation is believing that it's magic. There is lots more to learn from Gene Schmidt on this week's episode of Continuous Testing Live. So in your session, you had a line that I thought was really great where you said, I know it's, um, someone had said to you, I know it's not rational, but I thought test automation would be like magic. And it's not rational, but at the same time, I bet there's all kinds of reasons that people would believe that it's going to be that way. And I was uh, hoping to kind of get your take of, of what would lead someone to to expect that from an from an automated solution. I think part of it is the the name of it, automation. Mm. It's automated, so that will just do it for us. Mm. Um, but I think people aren't thinking about all the work and thought and planning that leads up to it. And um, certainly for us going into a client, you know, we need to understand their system. We need to understand what tests they like to run, when they like to run them. Um, we need to understand things about their data, and that takes time, and it takes understanding, and um, we can't just press a button and say, there, magic, you're automated. Mm-hmm. And then certainly with some tools, there's some setup and maintenance configuration, and, yeah. maintenance, and setting up of a, um, now there's something you're going to have to clean up, uh, setting you need to set up a framework in some situations, certainly for Selenium, and that uh, does not always happen quickly. Right. And something else that I really liked was you were explaining that manual testers, uh, or that you learned, you know, that manual testers, that you could provide uh, valuable input into a testing process around automation. And I really like that concept because I think I've, I've been to a number of sessions here where people, you know, when you asked who all are manual testers, it was almost the whole room. Who's doing automation? It was, it was much smaller. I think a lot of people are, are still a little um, apprehensive about, well, where do I fit into this? Right. Um, I went to a session of Michael Bolton's one time. It was his rapid software testing course. And I, as a marketer, you know, I wanted to, I first chose the seat in the corner of the room and I was letting everyone else work. And he, he called me out and said, why aren't you contributing? Why haven't you joined a group? And I said, I'm not a, not a tester. And he said, don't you think that your input is just as valuable? And it was, you know, within minutes, I realized it was not silly, but I just, you know, I should have, um, given these people time to 
or not not time, time giving them the chance to kind of welcome me in because that's exactly what they did. So uh, I, I love the fact that manual testers shouldn't fear those who have already been doing automation or have skills that, that they think that they'll never have. Right, and I think manual testers can provide so much to the automated testing process. One of the things I said, depending on your organization and who's doing the automation, the person who has the skills to do the automation may not be the person who's the subject matter expert on the application you're testing. They may not be um, the person who is a great at coming up with testing ideas mm -hmm. and manual testers usually have both those skills and so and they may have been testing the application for many years before the automation person has come in so certainly they can provide information about how to test what tests to run what data to use and pass that along so I think it can be a partnership mm -hmm. between the two um, you talked about how you learned that automation wasn't going to take away your your day job <laughs> Um, when you were talking about getting into or being involved in testing at that stage, do you see similarities to um, to your thoughts that you had then about automation and being somewhat skeptical or somewhat just not fearing but just taking a close look at it to what we're seeing with AI today? Because I've been to a number of AI sessions too where I get the feeling, you know, you can see the, almost the looks on people's faces of who's there because they think it's just so cool and they can't wait to learn about it. And you can see the people that are really concerned because they've heard all these things that it's going to do and it's going to replace and to me it seems like there'd be a lot of similarity in the in the apprehension of of, uh, of learning more about this thing this wave that's coming absolutely and I think a number of the people in my session seemed early in it was early on in their automation process mm -hmm. and so they haven't even mastered that and learned those skills and so then to add on, Things like machine learning and um, uh, artificial intelligence, that just seems like, oh my gosh, that's just another thing that's even further beyond what I'm learning now, mm -hmm. so I can understand why there would be that under apprehension. Certainly on the technical side, there's a lot to learn, but I loved Angie Jones' presentation mm -hmm. today, and really what I took from that presentation is, so Angie asked a lot of questions about how do I test this? And how do I understand what the machine learning is doing and what the logic is so that I can prove that mm. it's doing what it should be? And that's exactly what a tester would do, is yeah. try to understand the system that we're testing, the logic behind it, and how do we prove that it's doing what it's supposed to do? So the, when she presented it that way, to me, it, it made it more accessible and it mm. made it just seem like another testing challenge. Obviously, some of those machine learning challenges are going to be difficult. Right. But one of, another thing I learned from her is that um, you talk to your developers. You try to understand the logic of what's going on in the code, and um, that will help you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was, it, it's like the, your, your line that you had about if you're a manual tester in automation, don't abdicate your role. Um, you know, especially if these manual testers are doing exploratory testing, um, unless there's someone there to pick up that slack, you can't just replace what you're doing with automation because that exploratory testing is still going to be there and need to be done. Now, if you're replacing manual tasks, you had listed uh, uh, loading data, configuration setup, reporting, monitoring, unit testing, environment builds, things that can absolutely be done uh, in an automated fashion. None of those uh, replace um, uh, uh, exploratory testing. They only kind of prevent it from being able to be started if the exploratory tester is required to do those sorts of things. Yes, yeah, so 
testers should not abdicate their role. And one thing that I've been really happy to see at this conference is I knew I was doing this presentation and presentation after presentation that I have attended, uh, I keep hearing that same theme that your manual testers are still needed, that mm -hmm. there's still a place for you. And so I think that's something that testers can take away and bring home, bring to their ma management, bring to the people who think that automation is magic mm -hmm. um, and let them know that, um, no, automation is not replacing me. It's going to allow me to do even more of what I should be doing. And mm -hmm. I think that's the key. Right. Um, another thing that I liked was you had as far as, you know, where you can start off with as a manual tester looking to increase your uh, your role, your your presence there in the organization was to was to starting off with asking, you know, where are we now? Like, what does our, our test strategy look like or our lack of test strategy look like? Um, we were talking about uh, Dawn Haynes earlier. She was talking about performance testing, and I asked her kind of a similar question of if you're not doing it at all now and you go to a session on performance testing or test automation and you think, wow, this is so cool, we really need to start doing this, but then you start to think, where am I in the world am I going to find time to uh, to start doing that, to start adding this type of testing? And I, she asked, she said the same thing that you just start off by just asking, you know, like where are we now? How much do we know about how much our system can handle under load or stress, whatever it is? So that just asking that question, and then I was going to ask you, who do you who do you ask that question to? I'm sure you can look at it on your own and make those uh, determinations on your own. But who else could you maybe go to to kind of ask how much do we know about where we're at and how better it could be? Well, I would start with the project team. Okay. Um, I think the project team, the developers, the uh, product owner, all the stakeholders, um, and management, and ask everyone. I, I talked about um, the idea that Katrina Cloakey has in her book, Testing in DevOps, mm -hmm. about having a uh, test strategy retrospective and starting mm -hmm. there. So we know we don't have that strategy written down, but let's all take sticky notes and put on the board what types of tests do you think we're doing at what point in the process? And that will paint a picture, and then we can have the discussion about what should we be doing. And once you have that discussion, then you can talk about the risk. What's the risk if we don't do performance mm -hmm. testing? Right. And then you can talk about, well, okay, do we need to bring someone in? Are we going to have this person on the team focus on that? But I think you have to start and assess where you are before you can plan what you're going to do. And then with that list that I kind of rattled off earlier of the loading data and configuration setup and environment builds, you, you said that you would gladly hand that off to an automation engineer so you could work on, you called it the really fun stuff. I wanted to know what, what you, uh, as someone who values exploratory testing, you know, what you consider to be the really fun stuff. And then how does that stuff end up also um, becoming... Uh, uh, not relatable, but but how do you then convey that fun stuff as this isn't just fun for me, it's something that adds a tremendous amount of, uh, of value to our product? Right. Well, for me, the fun is the exploring and the investigating, um, discovering about the product and trying to make sure that when I do things that maybe the system is not expecting me to do, um, that to see how it reacts and uh, if it works as expected, that's fine. Um, but a lot of times that's where you really uncover the issues. And sometimes it's it's getting more complex and deep in your tests, uh, thinking about how the data you're in entering in one system will um, flow over to another system that it's integrated with. And uh, just thinking about all those possibilities of what 
could go wrong and um, thinking about um, how a customer might use it and how different personas might use the system. And so um, the, the value there is, well, what if I find issues, mm -hmm. right? And so I, I think um, good exploratory testers are finding issues because they're looking at things that those automated tests are not looking. Now, at some point, those tests, if you go down a path and you discover that something is working or not, you could turn those into um, uh, written test checks that then get passed on to automation. But um, sometimes the things you're doing are just weird combinations of entering data, weird combinations of navigating out of order. And I think in a lot of cases those could be automated, but they're probably not uh, the first list of things that get automated. And then lastly, in regards to, uh, to automation, you know, we, we hear all the time people saying, you know, automate everything. Not everyone saying that, obviously, but some people saying automate everything. Um, what kinds of uh, things go into the decisions of not only what to automate, but you mentioned also uh, when to when to uh, to run those tests. Um, you know, some people might do them uh, at night after everything else has you know been done for the day. If it's a distributed team, it might depend on where these different teams are located. But um, you know, I, I feel like people are getting the hang of learning what to automate. It's those manual processes that, when done manually. Uh, aren't being done that way because they provide more value by being done manually. They're they're slowing things down and right. becoming a bottleneck essentially. But I haven't ever really thought much about um, when to actually run those tests once you've decided they're good tests to run. Right. I think that varies by team. Um, so certainly, one purpose of automation is to provide early feedback. And so, if I am a developer and I'm developing on my machine. Um, and I have created some unit tests around the area that I'm developing in, I can run those tests on my machine. Right. That, that's the earliest feedback loop I can have to, to find if my code's working. Um, another point in the process is, okay, you check all your code into a development build. Well, then there should be a suite of tests, maybe unit tests, that, that run at that point to make sure that your code hasn't broken anything. Mm -hmm. um, so it you know, I think it varies by application and by team. I don't think there's a cookie cutter um, solution that says you must run unit tests at this point in the process. You must run end-to-end -end tests at this point in the process. But I think the more tests you can run more frequently at every point in the process, you're going to uncover more issues sooner in the process and continually through the process. Mm -hmm. So I think the benefit of automation is that it does run quickly. And uh, you can, uh, I think in a lot of um DevOps and uh, CI, CD deployments, uh, what allows people to deploy quickly is that they're running those tests often, and those are quality gates. That mm -hmm. if I check in code and a test fails, well, then that code is not going through the next phase of the process. It's not going to get checked in. And the only way you can do that is to test often and and test everything, because right. um, that's the only way you'll have assurance that it makes it to production without issue. That is going to do it for this week's episode. A big thank you to Jean for taking some time out of her schedule at Star East to sit down with me to talk test automation. Also, this episode wraps up our podcast coverage from Star East. We highly recommend you check out our other episodes with speakers from this show. Our last episode was with Melissa Tondi, and the episode before that was with Dr. Marcia Bazella and Susan Zampino. We'll be back next week with another episode of Continuous Testing Live.